Why don't you turn in your Bibles tonight somewhere? You can go to Judges 14, but I'm going to read a lot of scripture before that. You know what's a good thing if you take notes? I throw a lot of scripture out, and it's good if you take notes. I know some of you guys are like lightning fast, but I get these mason thumbs. They don't work well on phones. I just, just I misspell everything, Come, you know, and then autocorrect, forget it. <laughs> Start misspelling things, and who knows what happens. You launch the space shuttle or something. But I just want to talk to you about the might of God tonight. Because I really feel like, you know, we, we know about the goodness of God. We know who he is. How many know who Jesus is in this room tonight? And I want you to, if you don't, I want you to leave here knowing Jesus as your personal Savior. There's nothing, there's no man like him on the planet. There's no man like him in the universe. And the Lord is wanting us to be a people of strength. How many know that? He doesn't want us to be a, a church that's weak and anemic, but he wants us to be a church that's full of strength and power. And I, I realize this, that we know God in many ways, and I know he's done a lot of different things, and we can testify to a lot of miracles, and maybe we will tonight in, in some way, shape, or form. But I realize this, that even the, even the greatest person, maybe if you've, if you've studied John G. Lake, how many know who John G. Lake is? Five people. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth, any of the modern people who you know may have moved in the power of God, I want you to just erase that and believe God for even greater things. Because it's not tonight about even getting filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, because tongues don't deliver anyone from anything. I'm talking about the power of God tonight. I'm talking about the might of who God is. And and he wants to release something for us tonight. And, and I really want to believe that the church is ready for a real insurgence of power. That we can handle it when it comes and we won't buckle and we won't be crushed under what he's about to do. Because he really, he's doing things on the earth already. He's done things through people in this room We've seen the sick healed and, the, and, the, and people set free from all kinds of conditions, right? Deliverance. And we, and we want to believe God for greater and higher things that when, when situations come up, come on, everyone needs a little strength in their life. But I want to talk to you about walking in the strength that helps you to overcome tonight. It's more than just believing God for miracles. It's a strength in the inner man that he wants you to receive and walk in and not be held back in anything that you're about to do. Because how many know that every time you go forth to try and have a step into a promise, that there's always an adversary? There's always an adversary. <laughs> the kingdom doesn't come without an adversary. So Daniel said, right, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And what does great exploits look like? Great exploits could be anything. We could, call, we could be looking at, at sign, signs, wonders, and miracles, but I believe that God is bringing a people into an overcoming place where you overcome all things that come against you. 
And I'm telling you, God wants to release great power tonight to you if you have faith to receive it. It's just like giving in the offering. If you've got faith to give and believe God to increase on what you're going to give tonight, then something may, maybe supernatural will happen. But if we don't have faith for anything, if we don't believe God for anything, God is, he, you're called a believer for some reason. That's because you believe. And you believe when the Lord Jesus speaks something to you that you're about to receive something. Right? And so I want you to go, well, you can go to Isaiah 11 too. Go to Isaiah 11 first. And Dan just spoke this over me. He didn't know anything about what I was going to say. It's all right. We got him. We got him right here. But this is speaking about the seven spirits of God. And how many know God is not seven spirits? <laughs> He's one spirit, but this is talking about characteristics of who God is in the spiritual realm, right? And it says this, there shall, there shall come a rod, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. A spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And so God wants to release this spirit, right? We've, we know counsel and might, right? We know counsel. We have understanding. God's wanting to increase your understanding. And I believe God moves through the boat, through two of them together, right? When we receive counsel, he speaks to us. And then there's might that's given through what he's spoken. Right, because when you receive a word from the Lord, he'll increase that. And when we step out in faith and speak those things that he's counseled us in and act out those things that he's counseled us in, then there's might, there's strength on what you do. Are you hearing me? So he wants to release the spirit of might on the church. The church is at large, not just this church, but the church as a whole. Might, power, strength, right? And I believe this. I believe that the Lord's not necessarily looking for numbers because if you look at Gideon, right, he continually did decreased his armies so that he could, what, overcome with less. And God's looking for a people who know the strength of God doesn't matter who's with you or who's beside you as long as the one that counts is beside you me as long as Jesus Christ the man is walking with you then we have all the strength that we need and so we don't necessarily need numbers right we've got a lot of large huge, big churches right we've got a lot of people at church but who's got the strength in God who's hearing the spirit of God and who's walking in might Amen. and that's who God is looking for he's his eyes right Deuteronomy Verse, chapter 7, verse 17, if you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispose of them? You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember well that the Lord your God, what, what, he, what he did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt, the great trials which your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, and the mighty hand and his outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So you shall say to the Lord, your God, do to all these people in whom I'm afraid. <laughs> and here's the thing, right? Moses, can I just say to you, Moses was the meekest man. 
I want you to think, because we, we read Bible stories and we like it's Disney. No, seriously. I feel like we don't read the word for what it's worth sometimes, and God put the strength of who he is on the word so that it'll resonate in our spirit. But God made Moses, one of the meekest men in the world, to work in what? Such power. Moses was not presumptuous. Moses was a man that just waited on the Lord. He didn't even want to do his job. How's that? He said, who am I that you're going to send me? And so God's looking for someone who may be not qualified to do what God's about to do through them. God's looking for a person who thinks that they might not be qualified to do what he's calling us to do. And I really feel like he's trying to put something on the church where we, where we realize you get a revelation, you get counsel, you get understanding that you don't know what he's created you to do. And look at your neighbor and say, that's okay. Really, it is okay. We all think we have it together and we all kind of get pompous and yeah, I know what God's going to do tomorrow, but you know what? Sometimes the Lord's just looking for those who are just ready, willing, and able and he's looking for those who are meek, and he's looking for those without strength. Yes, I said without strength, because when we know that we're without strength, then he can be strong. Amen. In Chronicles, right, it says this, it says, for the eyes of the Lord run through to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on those who are, what? Loyal. Those whose hearts are loyal to him. And I want to encourage you tonight that God's looking for those whose hearts are perfect towards him. <laughs> He's made you perfect. I don't care what you think. I've said this before. I, no matter what you view yourself as tonight, he's created you in perfect righteousness now. If you are a new creation in, in Christ, then you are absolutely justified and sanctified and purified and all those things. It's all done. Amen. And so when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus. He doesn't see, him, he doesn't see the, the sinful you that, that can't do anything. He sees his son who's full of strength and power. Amen. And here's where the church gets stuck we think that we, when we do things in our own strength and we have good strategies and we think ourselves into a, a, a good program, that he's going to bring us into to the fullness of what, we, of, what, of what we've been called to, and he's not going to do that. It may be a good, cheap imitation of what he's about to do. I'm serious, because we can have good programs. They'll fill, they'll put butts in the seats. I'm serious. I'm totally serious tonight. And the, the reality is he's looking for those who know that he's strong and they're not. Here, just as we had moments ago, you know, God fills our hearts with a posture, right? And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want, in the midst of worship, I just feel like, God, I don't know, you know, what do you want to do? right, in these moments. And I know we come in and then, then we get into a message, but I want us to stay with a posture of your heart saying, God, you can do anything in any moment. And I don't know if you go into worship thinking that, but you should. 
Like God is wanting to embody a people who just really give themselves over to him. And that when we worship, it's really, we give ourselves completely and wholly to him. And we don't have to look upon anything else other than one person. And even when I'm up here preaching, you know what? Hopefully sometimes someone sees Jesus up here. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not calling myself Jesus because I want to be like Jesus. But I'm saying my words hopefully reflect the heart of the Father. My words would sometimes do that. And so that's what you need to grab when someone's speaking to you and preaching to you and not because we can fall into idolatry expecting to get something from the man of God up here. When you're all men and women of God that God's about to speak to and give strength to and, and just totally encourage by his spirit. And so here's the thing. God, there's all these crazy things going on, right? All over the earth. Right? We have craziness in the politics. We have craziness in the weather. We have craziness going on with disease and, and all kinds of things. And, and, and the Bible says this. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So I want, you to, I want you to just have a perspective tonight that God can do anything through you that he wants to if you, as long as you're willing to do it. As long as you're willing to do it. And when he speaks to you, something happens inside of you. This is like this box I said. Sometimes I got this explosive box inside of me. It's called the gift of faith that I just want to, boom! I just want to jump on stuff. Like stuff that God doesn't like, I want to jump on it. Like sickness and, and disease and, and people that are bound up. I, I, you don't want people leaving that are bound. And, and week after week, I can preach and teach and declare. But if there's things in the room that God wants at and we're distracted by other things and we're, we're, we're thinking about what, what happened last week and the things I messed up in or, or you're thinking about tomorrow's what, what you're supposed to do tomorrow. I'm telling you, God wants your attention. So, if the heavens are the Lord's and he's given us, right, authority on the earth, right, but he's given the earth to the children of men. What does that mean? That's, that's Psalms 115 and verse 16. It's, it's speaking of what? Us moving in an authority that we've had and that been, we've been given actually from the beginning. We just met, you know, Adam messed up in the whole race until Jesus came. And so how many think that he wants you to be able to speak? Because he, he modeled this. He spoke to storms. He spoke to storms. And if we think, you know, there's all kinds of things that can bring chaos. And there are things in your life that I sometimes think God designs them. I'm going to get real tonight. Because the reality is when things are coming against us and we, we, we just start hiding, run, running for cover, and wherever we can, away from the problem, when God's saying, I want you to speak to the problem. I want you to confront the problem. I want you to declare over the problem. I want you to speak death and to that storm. Because God wants you to kill the storm. <laughs> All right. 
I don't know about you, but I, I'm waiting for God to just begin to move through people in assertive authority. That doesn't mean God's mean. Mean God's mean. Doesn't mean he's angry. I just am expecting him to do some amazing things in you and through you because of what's inside of you and what's been bur burning and birthed inside of you and knowing, come on, someone's got to stand up tonight and begin to do what he's called you to do and not back off because circumstances. And he's trying to get us in alignment with what he's called us to and that's why he's called the children of men to what? Rule. I talked about priests last week. He's calling us to rule. So we need to stop being reactionary. How many react? I'm a reactor. I promise you, I am. I usually react. And then I get, I get a grip. And then I attack the thing, whatever's happening, right? But sometimes we get reactionary and we don't deal with what the issue is. And we become reactionary instead of authoritative over the situation. And God wants us to be those that have authority over the situation, not react to the situation. This is what I'm talking about hiding in places. Because all of a sudden things start rising up. And I don't care if you're called, what you're called to. Sometimes prophecy, why did he tell Timothy? He said, you must wage a good warfare over the prophecies that are previously spoken over you. So he left the church to live and appropriate God's kingdom in the earth. He did. It's your job. It is. And so he gave us what? Binding and loosing is keys. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom to bind those things which I bind and to loose those things which I loose. And what are you binding and loosing over your life now? Because here's what happens, and I've talked about this previously. We, we end up in cycles, and we don't change because of just these cycles that take place in our lives. And God's wanting us to get victory over those things tonight. I'm just, I don't want to preach another message on cycles, on strength. Because he wants to break any, any circular motion that you guys end up in. And it could be in, in life, it could be, come on. It's things you aren't even responsible for. Sometimes, what, how, do I, how does that work? It's because it's generational stuff. And, God, and I'm telling you, God's trying to set you free from it. And you keep fighting and running away from it. And you keep moving. But God's trying to set you free from generational thinking. And I'm telling you that there's things that go on in your life that God's trying to break cycles. But he's looking for you to stand up and do it. So go to Judges. We're finally there. This is my text, actually. I'm just going to read a few verses. Verse 5 through 9. 14. So Samson. And like I said, let's not read it like it's Disney or PlayStation or Xbox. Let's read it like it's real and it happened in history because it did. 
And it was made, right? It was a cloud. He's, he's in the cloud of witnesses, believe it or not. Yes, Samson, with all his mess-ups, he's in the great cloud of witnesses, and he wants you to learn something from what God did in his life. So verse 5 says this, So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. And now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore the lion apart as one would have torn a young goat. Though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. And then he went down to talk with the woman. And she pleased Samson well. And after some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. And he took some of it in his hands and went along eating. And he came to his mother, his father and mother, and he gave some to them, and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. I'm going to pray. Father, I just ask that you open up the word to us right now. I know I've preached some word already, but Lord, I pray that you open up the text to us right now so that we can understand and step into something fresh that you're going to give to us out of this. And Lord, I thank you for all the principles. Lord, I ask that we activate those principles, that they don't just become principles that we know, but there's something that supernatural happens tonight in the midst of your presence that will change us from glory to glory and from strength to strength. And I thank you for your presence in this place, in these moments. Lord, open the word to us. Revelation, spirit of wisdom and revelation flow now. And you can discern the measure of a man or a woman by what they have to go through, by what they face. You see that in the text? You're going to discern... what God's about to do in your life by the things that are coming against you. Some of us have heavy things coming against us. Some of us don't. Some of us are just passive and we don't, you know, we just go along. But I'm telling you, God, if you're under any, any pressure right now, God wants you to see that he's about to do something unique to bring you into an understanding and a clarity of what he's about to set you free from and bring you into. And when we're under pressure, uh, when we're under pressure, it begins to, what, prophesy. It prophesies to us some of the things that we go to, they are already prophesying to us what we're about to become. It says this, that a lion came roaring against him. And there are degrees of things that are coming against every person in this room that you cannot overcome by yourself. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Sometimes, listen, there's a lot of promotion of self-help. You can't help yourself with self. 
I'm telling you, it's the Spirit of God that will set you free. And God wants to release something in your life so that you have strength over one thing to dominate it. Not so that you may partially feel like you've, made, you've been free from it. And the Spirit of God is wanting us to understand that it always, an attack from God should educate us. says that the spirit of the Lord, listen, he was attacked. Ready? Said a young lion came roaring against him. I don't know about you. Like I said, let's really look at this. If you walk outside here and there's a lion out there and he's coming on you, come on, I know we're not in Africa, but the reality is this. It could be anything else. I mean, we just had things last week. You got gunmen coming into places. Well, you shouldn't be in that place. But the reality is a gunman could come into any place. A certain person could come in this place right now. I'm just looking at the reality of what could attack you. What could test you. And there are things, right? We have this picture here of the lion coming after him. And he's, he's like... I'm going to go after this thing and rip it in half. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how you picture Samson. I know in the movies they depict him a little, you know, robust and, you know, jacked up. And I don't think he was like that. Why would, why would, why would the Philistines wonder where the strength of Samson was coming from if he looked like Arnold? Why would they wonder? They wouldn't. And here's the reality. I think he was probably a small frame man. I don't think he was a giant. I think he was a small man that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon. And, in, and it's said in previous chapter that he, with the jawbone of a donkey, he wiped out an entire army. <laughs> come on. And he's not Bruce Lee either. Come on. Are you hearing me? So what's, what's God showing us? That the Spirit of the Lord is strong and mighty on anyone's life who chooses to let him come in and use him. And it can be everything. He can use you in anything, in any place, at any time. And he can put his strength on your life so that you can attack whatever problem is in front of you. So that you can take it out. And I'm not talking about violence against animals. <laughs> I'm talking about anything that's attacked you in the past. And some of us have thoughts and patterns. This is why I'm talking about cycles. We got things that attack us that continually come back. And we've yet to go in the strength of God to take them out. And the Lord is wanting an entire people, everyone in this room, to be able to take out those things. And there's, I don't think there's one person in this room that doesn't deal with a thought that would be attacking you, that would try to push you back to where you were before. 
It's funny. I'm thinking about my old life. I'm thinking about the strength of God over silly little things. But my old life, right? He delivered me, set me free from. But you know what? He, he kind of always brought a bit of temptation back. Well, aren't you sanctified? Aren't you free? No, he tempts those who are free. He tempts those who are free. Hello. He tempts everyone who's free. I don't care if it's the, the same old thing that you used to do before, and I'm not saying I get tempted by every single thing that comes around the block, but sometimes, come on, there's things that the enemy wants to bring you back into. He wants to bring you back into a mindset that you had in the past that he wants to break you out of permanently. So it says this, that the Spirit of the Lord came on him mightily, and he tore the lion apart. And when you're limited in what God has given you, he will allow you to pull from the lack so that you can pull from his strength. There's things in, that you don't have that you need to pull and tap from heaven. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Listen, there's things, places where you don't have the strength. There's places where you might have been discouraged and God's trying to get you to pull from the tap and that's him. He's trying to get us to pull all of his presence out of him. Every place where we feel like we lack, every place we feel like we don't have it, God is trying to bring us into the place where we have complete victory. Paul prayed this prayer in Ephesians 3.16. He said, to be strengthened with might in your inner man. And God's looking for every person in this room to be strengthened with might. See, sometimes he wants to pull, want, we can't pull strength from the things that we're confident in. Well, I know how to attack that. I know what to do. And God, God's speaking to us to pull, right? You can't pull it from your education. You can't pull it from your past. You can't do it in protection of your psyche. All these things, God's trying to pull us into a place where we pull from the resource, that's the resource of heaven, and it pulls the strength of God from him into us. See, everything we lack, he is full of. Everything we lack, he is full of. There's portions of our lives that we, we, we don't have strength to get past something, but God's trying to infuse your life with the strength of heaven so that God can do it, right? And he wants you to tear up the beasts that cause cycle cycles in your life. And so it's supernatural help beyond ourselves. And here's the thing, I noticed that nothing was in his hand. <laughs> Moses had the rod to deliver a people, and Samson was give nothing, given nothing. It says that he ripped, he tore. I don't know about you, try and tear a phone book. Never mind flesh. 
I don't know, even the, the like, oh, tearing it like it was a, a goat. Like, that's easy. <laughs> like a baby goat. Like, I'm thinking that's going to be easy. Here's the thing. God is beyond us. Right? I remember years ago when I, when we were in, I was doing prison ministry out of the school, and I prayed for a young man who had, who had HIV. And we'd go back monthly. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I said, God can do it. You know, I'm young and zealous. I'm like, God can do this. And he did. <laughs> he healed the guy. But here's the thought. I just, he healed this young man, and his T-counts went back to normal, and he was completely healed in, in prison. But the reality is this, that God took the molecules in his body, and every place where he was deficient began to infuse those things, and that's the power and the presence of God that explodes into the human being on a cellular level. And what does God want to do for you in your inner man? I'm telling you, it doesn't have, like, we make healing, we make inner healing, we make it all so big. When it's Jesus, and Jesus came to set the captive free, and he, he brought us so that we would tap into what? The blood of Jesus was supernatural. It cleansed all of humanity. Those who would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just by confession and belief. That's it. That's like crazy. And so when you received that, you received healing in every part of your inner man. You, you received healing from every single thing. Every single thing. He didn't mess up and, oops, I forgot, asthma. No. He's the one that does everything in his strength in you. The hope of glory in you. I'm shouting. So we need supernatural help beyond ourselves. I don't know about you. I don't know about anyone else in this room. But I need supernatural help beyond myself. Because I can't do what he said for me to do without help. I'm like Paul. I'm the least among you as far as I'm concerned. And God calls people who just feel like they, they've got nothing to give. They feel a deficit. And I, I get concerned about people who are overconfident sometimes. Not overconfident in their faith, but overconfident in their ability. But I think it's audacious that Moses was the meekest man. And he used him as a, an instrument of judgment over a nation. Isn't that, that just blows my mind. He took him out of the, out of the, the hallways of Egypt, exiled him, and brought him to that place. And in the same way, he took Samson. To run and to get rid of the Philistines for that time. And God's looking to use you <laughs> to bring an end to something. 
And I have a feeling it's things that are all around you. It's not just, I'm just, I'm talking about things inside of us right now, but God wants to use us as an, as an army, as a people chosen by God to end something that's around us. Every place where people are, are dissatisfied, I'm telling you, the whole world's dissatisfied. You got crazy, crazy stuff going on in politics where people are just, and I know I kind of crossed the line last week. I won't do it. I, 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 I won't do it. But the reality is, there's a solution. And it's Jesus. God's not looking for a political king. It's the church. It's the church. Psalms 115, 16. The heavens, the heavens are, are, are the Lord's. But the earth he's given to the sons of men. So he's looking for someone. He's looking, right? I just said that verse too. He's, his eyes are all through the earth looking to and fro. For those who are loyal to him, that his strength can be put on. And just like Gideon, right? Said that the Bible, in the Bible, it says that when Gideon, when the Spirit of the Lord fell upon Gideon, it, it was like enveloped him like a glove. That's good stuff. But we have better than that. Because <laughs> he's not only wanting to do something in us. And for us, but he's trying to do something through us, right? And so I'm for the four. I want God to set me free in every area, but I think he wants to do something through you that you can't imagine, that you can't imagine. And so who'll be used by not being in the spotlight? And I know God raises men, but I, I feel like if we would just position ourselves in the secret place, in the place where God lives. See, because that's what he does. Remember, remember what I said a few weeks ago? When he, when, he, uh, when he comes upon us, when we begin to seek him and we begin to find him and we're in the closet and we're, we're meeting with God, then we come out. It's just like Moses in the, in the back of the desert. Right? He was hiding out. And he didn't want to be known. He was a fugitive. He didn't want to be known. But the Lord does this with every person. Every person that's worth anything in the kingdom, they have a place, a hidden place where they meet with the Lord. And then God begins to bring them before men. And it's not because they desire, it's because that's your mission and commission. And God's trying to get us into a place where we're positioned for our commission. So we need to bat, we need to win, the, win the battle where we need to get information by, by, we need affirmation, sorry, I said information. We need affirmation through the things that we've experienced. And I'm not talking, listen, we, get, we need to testify about what God has done. But what happens is we begin to use it on social media as a platform for, for, for this, that, and the other thing. And, and God wants us to, listen, he wants to give you more secrets? Then don't plaster them everywhere. 
I'm telling you, this is the truth. Don't plaster God's secrets that he gave you all over the place. I've learned from that. Because if you want him to speak, you keep, come on, it's like hold your cards hold close to your chest, right? Like poker players. You, you know when you got to put the hand, you got, you got a good card. And you, you play that card because the enemy's trying to get you. That's the only time. Because what is the presence of God for? It's to destroy, Right? Look at this, because Samson, he goes to this place, and the lion shows up, and the Bible says that this, that the enemy goes around like, what, a roaring lion? And I was like, wow. And so God wants you to take authority over the lions in your life. And you know what? They're going to bring you to a good end. He wants us to take them and tear them and rip them. And no, you don't get no help. You just get the strength of God to do it. Just the strength. And every promise you've been given has an opponent. Every promise you've been given has an opponent. And every prophecy you've been given, there's a lie to try and stop it. I'm telling you now, we need to deal with truth and the spirit of truth and not lies because we listen to lies. And sometimes we marry lies. I don't mean that in the physical. I mean we marry the things that are spoken to us and we believe the lies that have been spoken to us rather than the prophecies that have been spoken to us. And God has good things, he said, be, right? He said, I got, I want, I got things I don't, I don't want to harm you. I got good things for you. A hope and a future, that's for you. And so we need to break every lie. Because the enemy's trying to come at us with lies and telling us more lies, and we believe the lie. So then that next verse says this, what? He says, after some time he returned to get her, and he, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the lion's carcass. And here's the thing. This is what I was talking about earlier. You can defeat a thing and still see it. This happens with healing all the time. People come in this place, they get healed. And then they leave and symptoms begin to start when they leave or they get to the next day. It happens all the time. I feel good. I can move my back. I can do this. I can do that. I can, you can do 5,000 things. You can do jumping jacks now. You could never do. But God, and then all of a sudden there's a symptom. It looks just like it used to. It looks just like it used to. Even when things, when you get set free from. I got that voice. It, nah, nah, nah. it starts coming back. Nah, nah, nah. It looks just like it used to. You can still see it. Here's the problem. It's dead. And what happens is with the healing, it's already done. It's been dead. When you get set free, it's dead. Because you're free from truth. You're free from the areas that God's spoken over your life and he's healed your diseases. 
Except we look at it and it looks like, wow, I remember that. Memory. And God's saying this. He's saying that thing is dead. You don't have to go back there. As a matter of fact, the revelation, ready? Honey. <laughs> Come on. There's honey, and honey typifies revelation in the scripture. It's the, it's the goodness to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And here's what God did. He killed that thing. And I get to eat the honey out of that. Now I can help other people with what's happened to me because God is doing something amazing in my life. And here's the, here's the thing. God's releasing a grace. We got music flowing. Preach too long, what happened? And God's trying to make our lives look like that which we defeated, right? Trying to make it look, come on, you're not supposed to, you don't look at that thing, but you look at the victory over that thing. And you live out of the victory. And God's not bringing us into a place where we continually rehearse the curse. I'm telling you, don't rehearse sickness. Don't rehearse the things you hung up on. Don't rehearse them. I'm not saying you ignore them, but you've got to bring them before the Lord, and the Lord is going to, come on, use you right there, and you have authority over it. Because most, most of the time, anyone you go for deliverance, you're going to have to renounce it. <laughs> Listen, when we're struggling with stuff, you have authority over it. It took me a long time to figure this out. But you have authority over it. Most, more authority than someone else. We always go to the next prayer line. God, pray, I need to pray for this. When you've been given authority over every part of it. God's trying to equip us, right? This is what the honey is. The honey is the revelation. The honey is the revelation knowing what God already did. Honey is the revelation of the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of him. It's the knowledge and understanding of what he's done. It's the places where he comes in and he makes everything. He, takes, he turns ashes to beauty. He turns that which is busted whole. That's the revelation, and we have to have the revelation and grab it and live with it. Live with it. Take it. Make it your own and eat of it. I'm going to read Ephesians 3.16 again. It's in a different translation. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. His divine might and his explosive power. He wants what? The unlimited riches, the glory of God to come into your life, to strengthen your life, to give you, right, the power over what he already did. Sin, 
sickness, disease, death. It's already done. But he's trying to do, I pray. Why? Why? Paul. Paul's always praying. Praying that we get revelation. And listen, it's an eternal prayer that's been down the corridors of, of the entire church. He prays it again and again. And every time you read it, he prays it again. And someday it's going to stick. Because it's been activated through the Spirit. And tonight I believe that the Lord wants to expand that. And that you grab hold of what he's already done. Because there's a prayer, right? Colossians 1, 10, and 11. That's another 111 tonight. And I'm doing the Passion Translation again. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness. True righteousness. Pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you will become fruit-bearing branches, yielding, his, yielding to his life, and maturing in the rich experience of knowing his full, in his fullness knowing God in his fullness. There's a life that God's calling us to, right? He's praying that we would walk in the ways of true righteousness. What does that mean? That means that just like always, we try to make a righteousness of our own. We try to think we're doing everything right in our own works, in our own ways. And God's trying to pull us away from that, and he's trying to release the strength and the presence of God on our lives so that we see the things that he's already promised us for what they really are and we grab hold of them and all of a sudden fruit begins to bear in our lives because you've, you've taken it and you put it in your heart and God's trying to get us to not listen to the lies and there's something of deliverance in the room tonight that we can get free from if, God, if we would hear the voice of the Lord saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Because I'm not walking you in a different way. It's always been the same way. True righteousness. Righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't care what your past has said. I don't care what you feel in your body. I don't care what you've been struggling with. Jesus is more than enough. He's going to fill the place like we pray, like we, when we worship. There's nothing else but the worship of God. And we, uh, we set our eyes on him. And he comes into us and totally annihilates anything that's in the way of what he's about to do. I didn't finish that. And we pray that you would be energized with all of his explosive power from the realms of his magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Energized with all his explosive power from the realms of his magnificent glory. That's truth. That's truth for you. No pianists, that's all. There's a couple more scriptures I want to hit. Yeah, a lot more word.
just two more seconds, two more, two more. I want you to be in posture. And I want you to stand with me right now. Because I, I really believe that the Lord, He wants us to just posture ourselves so that we can grab something tonight. David said it like this. He said, lift up your heads, O you gates. And be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord is mighty in battle. And can I add, every battle, not just the ones you think you can win, with or without him. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and lift up your heads, O you everlasting gods, that the king of glory can come in. And then Isaiah 40, and this should ring through your spirit tonight. <laughs> Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases in strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men utterly fall. But I'm telling you tonight that the Lord, the everlasting Lord, and Isaiah yells this out. Have you not heard? Do you not know? And sometimes we just need to be reminded of who he is and what he does. And here's what happens. Sometimes we just get plain old passive about it. But the Lord's looking for us to engage with him even in these moments right now. Just lift up your heads and open up your gates. It's real easy. Lord, I ask you, I ask you to come into my life right now. And Lord, every place that I'm weak and that I don't have faith and I don't feel strong, I'm asking that you be the strength right there. And Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus has set me free from every single thing that's held me back in my life. That the reality of heaven is, is invading my life, even in these moments. Lord, I open up the gate right now. And I ask you to come in with fullness of strength. And whoever, whoever, whoever stands in the way of what you're about to do. And whatever stands in the way of what you're about to do. Lord, you'll come and you'll strengthen me inside. That I can overcome every single thing that's about to be before me. 
And some of you in this room, God's pulling you into a destiny and you've been fighting things. You've been coming against things. And you feel like you go in front and then you go back. And you feel like you step in and you step out. But God's saying tonight, it's done. It's over. I don't care if it's finances. I don't care if it's careers. I don't care what it is tonight. Whatever it is, it could be sickness in your body. It could be a a continual thing that you fight in your mind. And God wants you free. And he's just saying, open the gates. That the strength of who he is can come in. So just do it now. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you, God. Lord, I pray you just come and do whatever you need to do in every person in this place. Father, nothing would stand in the way. I take authority right now. I take authority over anything in my life that continually slams into the purposes and the prophecies that are spoken. And we just declare right now that you just break and that you throw the carcass to the side right now, Jesus, in the strength. And I thank you, God, for the revelation and the honey and the, and the revelation that's coming out of those things that you're about to release people from in these moments, right now in these moments. Right now in these moments. I thank you. Lord, we run to you. I thank you for the Spirit of God that's going to be mightily upon people in this place. That no more passivity but there's an aggression in the spirit even in these moments. So just be aggressive, guys. You need to be aggressive. Like, go after it. Not in straining and striving, but aggressive. Like, it, like it's about to happen. Like, it's happening right now. breakthrough, come here. Come here. Don't wait. Just do it. Just come. Just come. In Jesus' name. Um, I ran across Psalms 103, which talks about that we are forgiven of all of our sins, that we are healed of all of our diseases, that our life is redeemed from the pit, um, that we're crowned with mercy and grace, and I don't remember the fifth thing. And it says, do not forget his benefits. And basically, the Holy Spirit, what Miles is talking about tonight is complete confirmation and the Holy Spirit was like you have not believed this you know you don't doubt your salvation but you don't 
really believe that I'll heal all your diseases. So I ended up, I did not do one thing to injure my shoulder. And one Thursday night, I rolled over in bed, and it, I screamed in pain. And I was kind of groggy. Anyway, I had a battle with that under my armpit, across my pectoral muscles, and in, in the whole rotator cuff thing. And my brain was going like, I'm going to have to make it. It happened on a Thursday, went through Friday and Saturday. And I began to do what we do in America, which is, well, I'm going to have to call the doctor tomorrow, make an appointment. And then I remembered, no, I'm taking authority over this. You cannot do this. And I stood in that battle until it was gone. And then I started getting aches and pains all over various places. And then it became like, oh, no, no, this is not mine. I'm not taking it. So just in that, in the last month, I've been walking in what you're talking about. And like, no, I'm not going to be sick. That's good. I can tell you God's been testing my 39-year-old body too. No, and I have to speak to my, my knees, right? And someone else... George was sharing something with me earlier, just about the same thing. He didn't know what I was going to talk about tonight. But there's this thing that we need to be almost ready. You need to be really aggressive. The problem is we've all been passive. And I'm talking about you can deal with it right personally right here. Or you can deal with physical healing. Or your deliverance from cycle cycle things that take on in your right the, the secular things that keep going on in your life God wants to break it all tonight I promise you but we need to be aggressive with it <laughs> what does God look like aggressive he's like I said he's not mean but he doesn't stand for certain things right and so I'm, I'm believing that God's going to begin to do this. It's not even just about tonight, but it's about something being released into the body and into the atmospheres all around us that we won't stand for certain things. That God will break it and we can witness it. Come on, you can look at it after and say, huh, that's what he did. You don't have to tell everyone. Right? He didn't tell his mother and father. He had this personal crazy victory, and he didn't tell his mom and dad. He didn't tell his apostolic parents. Right? And so the reality is, he's wanting to do it now. So we don't wait. We just get aggressive. What is aggressive? Aggressive means you get out from where you are, and you come up, right? And you, do, you go after the thing of God. Well, I can do it in my seat. Maybe. Maybe. But the reality is God wants to break it and move you into the freedom. Come on, there's a place of freedom in everything. Not just one thing, everything. God wants us to move into something that we want to be multidimensional in. Right, that he's not just doing one thing. You know what multidimensional is? It means he wants to do multiple things at once. 
and not just one thing. He doesn't want you stuck. And he doesn't want us, to, right? And I'm not saying all everyone in here is stuck, but what I am saying, if there's things, he wants to move you beyond it and break out of it.